Experience true vulnerability, how to overcome trials. You will laugh, cry, and experience everything in between. Welcome to the King of Corona podcast. Brought to you by Tyler Griffith. Oh, yeah. All right, part three. So where were we at? King of Corona podcast. Brought to you by Tyler Griffith. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? It's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. See that in person? We were just talking about how <laughs> great the opening is. I haven't stuck in my head all day. So, oh, yeah. We were talking about how I got married. Okay. I had I met a great girl that, like, worshipped me and was pretty, which was, like, non-existent, I thought, up to that point. Yeah. And things were fine. Like, things were good. Uh, we got married. We had three kids. Like, we had little fights here and there. But for the most part, things were pretty smooth sailing for us. Um, and then we had just been doing things. Because we both have that personality where we're, like, follow the leader. Yeah. Personality like I was my whole life. And that's the thing that kind of bugs me the most is I started getting out of that, like, my freshman year of college. Yeah. And then going on my mission got me right back into following the leader. It kind of creates, like, a fear mentality. Yeah. Like your mission. I don't have my microphone on anymore. Do we have to erase this? We'll listen. All right, so Ryan's microphone was unhooked and it was over on the counter. And so I just wanted to double check. But we were talking about kind of how when you went back on your mission, it kind of created this like limiting belief system again to where like you had finally broken out of it. And now you're like, Oh no, now I only have two or three options where like before my mission I had a bazillion. Yeah. Then you start comparing yourself again to like everybody, like yeah. you mentioned, your mission companions, you again. Yeah. Like I was back in Tyler Griffith's shadow. Oh, the King of Corona's <laughs> shadow. Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah. I mean I can't imagine anybody else having to deal with that, what I've had to do. But yeah, so you had like like a super cool wife that when I got back, you yeah. guys were dating and we were serious. You, you, me, and Dupree. That's what we call ourselves. Yeah. And I hung out with you guys all the time. And I basically wanted the same thing. And that was so funny because when you left and you were dating, like, I was like, I saw you was, like, very happy. And I was like, that looks, like, amazing. Yeah. So it's like, when I got <laughs> back, I was all scared of life. Uh-huh. And I was like, I need to do what other people want me to do. And then, like, <laughs> we didn't let ourselves be ourselves. Oh, sad. It is sad. So, yeah. I mean, the one time I felt like I was really free to be myself was that freshman year. And that was yeah. like one year. And they don't even give that to kids anymore. They just rush them out now on missions. Just out, and then they get back. You can't have sex. Oh. You move in with somebody, like, before you've ever even had sex. Like, some of these people, like, they never even see each other naked. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. So, like, you're now married. You're married forever, for yeah. eternity. And you've never seen this person naked. You have no idea what they're like, like, sexually at all. Yeah. Some of people... Imagine that. I had people on my mission, guys on my mission that had never kissed a girl. So imagine you, then you're married, and then you're <laughs> so, like, where does my pee-pee go? <laughs> so yeah, basically. So it's crazy. Real life is just crazy to think about, but it's normal. Like, that's in normal. that culture, in it's the, the most normal thing. Yeah, in the Mormon culture, it's just like, that's how it should be. You should never have seen a girl naked. You should never have done anything with your spouse beforehand. And if you did, then you're not going to get married in the temple. Yep. So if you did, a lot of people are going to lie about it anyway, but 
most people really try hard to not do it so they can actually get married in the temple and feel good about it. Yeah. So, yeah, you get back into that fall of the leader. Like, you were married at that point when I, you know, was trying to find a wife to get married to as well. And then you get married, and then your friends and siblings all start having kids. Yeah. So then you feel pressure like, I've been married for a whole year now, and we haven't... I've been married for an eternity. We've been married for 365 days and I don't have three kids. You start feeling selfish, like, I should start having kids now. Yeah. Because, wow. like, we can't just, like, enjoy our lives together for that long. Yeah, because then what? So then you start thinking to yourself, like, kids sounds like a good idea. And you're not even really processing, like, how much kids are going to change your life. Yeah, you have no idea because you, your brain's not developed. Yeah. Your brain isn't fully developed until you're, like, 26, 27. All of us are married with kids. Like two or three kids by the time we hit 26. Yeah. And I never realized when I was young, like how much I enjoy traveling. Like I love to travel. It's like one of my favorite things. And like, it's so much harder when you have kids to travel. Yeah. And me and Ali both love it. And we would have loved to like have that time before we were married. And we never even thought about it or considered it. We didn't have any money. But you do what you're supposed to. We were in college getting married. Yeah. No right to be getting married at that age with no plans. I had no goals. No money. I remember talking to her dad and I was like, I don't even know what I want to major in. I was like, like, you have my permission. I was like working at Olive Garden and I was like, I don't know. How did that talk go? The food industry is pretty cool. Maybe I'll do something with the food industry. Like the dumbest responses was that he, you could ever imagine. But was he, like, super supportive? Like, yes? Yeah, he was, like, the nicest guy ever. Like, Yeah, but, like, like, but he wasn't concerned at all about, like, what you guys were going to do with your lives at all. No, so Allie had talked to her mom a lot and, like, said how great, great I was. I was yeah. a return missionary. Like, I checked all the boxes. I rebaptized my father <laughs> And, like, I did have a lot of good qualities that you'd look for for, like, a Mormon. Yeah. Like, is he active in the church? Is he a priesthood holder? Did he go on a mission? Like, I did all the stuff that I was supposed to do up to that point. Yeah. So when you're looking at it from, like, a father in the church, like, he could see the potential that I had. And, like, I did have potential. Like, yeah. I was a good guy. So that, and that's, that's funny you mentioned that. I think that's right. I think in the Mormon church, I feel like people sometimes look at, like, they don't look at, like, what you are. They look at your potential, and then sometimes it plays out, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But, like, could you imagine if he gambled and you weren't? Yeah. Like, you seriously were just, like, Which like you had nothing. Easy. Like, you end up on a couch, you're a deadbeat, and then this girl that, like, has these, like, dreams of having this amazing life, and she just married idiot. Yeah. That's, like, abusive. He doesn't even know how to, like, work his wiener right. <laughs> imagine, dude. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I felt like... That put a lot of pressure on me, though, too, because he was really nice about yeah, it. Yeah, they're all... Jamie's dad, nicest dude I've ever met in my life. Like he, the nicest guy I've ever met. This was the easiest ask the father-in-law for your blessing in the history, I think. Yeah. Because we went to visit them, and I think it was like spring break, right before I proposed. And Allie had already talked to her mom about like wedding plans. Yeah. Like, we pretty much already knew. Like Allie had already picked up a ring she wanted, like... I was getting a propose, and they knew yeah. that, and we had come out to visit them, so he knew that I was going to ask at some point, yeah. but I was still, like, kind of nervous, and he pulled me aside, like, at the very start of the what? trip, he's like, I just want to get this out of the way so that you can, like, enjoy your time here, and I was like, this is going to be weird, and I was, like, <laughs> all nervous. This is so funny. <laughs> and he's, he starts asking me these questions, and, like, 
So what are you doing like in college? What are your plans? Like, wh- like how do you plan on providing? You're like, like I, my plan right now is to get through this conversation with you. <laughs> then from there, I don't know where I'm going. I have no idea what I was I got, do. I got planned to the, the next word that you say. That's as far planned as I have this. I was like, I'm going to get through college. Yeah. And then hopefully get a job that's like related somewhat to what I'm doing in college. <laughs> and then go from there. So he was probably not that impressed with everything I said. But yeah. he knew that Allie loved me. And he gave me his permission. It was really nice about it. And that made it really easy. Um, but again, it was just kind of like he saw the potential of what could be. Yeah. As long as I like stayed active and like kept doing the things that um, the church encouraged. So a lot of pressure to like, like so always a lot of pressure to stay in the role that you selected. Yeah. When you decided to go on a mission. Yeah, I felt like I was not only locked in like with myself and like the promises that I made, but then I was like in charge of Allie. Um, I felt like she wasn't as far along in like the gospel as I was. So I felt like it was my responsibility to like get her caught up and read the scriptures and pray and go to church and like get her excited about it. Like she would go, but it was, I felt like it was mostly my responsibility to keep things going. Yeah. And as things went on and as we had our kids and our kids started getting older, I started seeing things more clearly in terms of what I wanted instead of like the follow the leader mentality that I'd always had. So like, that's interesting. You say, see things like clearer is like when you're looking at things from an active person's perspective, when you start to see things clearer, which means to them, you start to see things with more sinful eyes. Yeah. So, so like the Satan's more clear control of your mind, basically. which is how ironic is it that like when your head gets clearer, you start to like make stuff happen in your life that you actually want. Yeah. So it's hard because you've been pressured your whole life and you know if you decide to make these decisions for yourself instead of for everybody else that you're going to offend people. Yeah. And you're probably going to ruin relationships. If not ruin them, then you're going to make them more difficult. And then I felt like if I were to leave the church, then it would not only be like our family that would be disappointed, but I would feel like her family would look at me as the reason that she's leaving. Yep. Because she still, I think, got more of that follow personality. Oh, so depressing. Where I'm now more of the take a little more charge of my life personality. Yeah. So it took a a really long time to get there. But all those things that we talked about earlier, like through high school and college and my mission, it led me to the point where I was like, I'm the most happy when I'm doing things the way that I want to do them. Yeah. So you can continue living that way. And there's some people that are 100% happy just like doing that their whole life. But I just felt like I was dying inside. Is there some, are there people, in your opinion, that actually are like, are people genuinely happy? They are, right? I think they are. I think there's so people. So they just, they choose to believe it so strongly that it brings actual joy to them. Yeah. It's the same thing as like, this is going to sound rude, but like, it's the same thing as like, if you could keep the belief in Santa for your whole life, it'd yeah. be magical. Yeah. But sometimes people got to grow up. <laughs> kind of like that. It's a little bit like Kind of like Santa. Okay. So yeah, some people I really think it works for them and I think they're really happy in it. Yeah. Um, but I also think those same people haven't really looked outside of what they've been taught their whole life. And I think that's hard because you have those expectations and it's really hard to break away. 
it was easier for me because family members in our family had already chosen that route yeah. like you and then um, Justin and pretty much like everybody in our family had started experiencing some level of doubt well we had like our little brother that was like yeah going to BYU I don't want to tell his story but going through a hard time yeah so we've had a lot of things that kind of led up to that moment and then it just led me to question like is this really what I want to do for the rest of my life like am I happy doing this and I was not happy doing it yeah and I can say that like a hundred percent sure and you didn't like so the only reason you weren't leaving at this point was because of the like the pressure social pressure yeah so I stayed in until like we lived in Texas and then we moved out here we went for another year and the whole time even in Texas we were both kind of like checked out we didn't really want to do callings I never did home teaching I felt like it was just a burden to everybody what's, what's home teaching <laughs> you got like, this is what's funny it's like we talk about this like this is normal yeah you talk to people like about this that aren't in the church yeah so sorry how weird is That's it to them though? coming from a Mormon perspective, yeah, home so teaching like, is like... Tell the people that are listening that aren't more, like didn't grow up Mormon, what that stuff means. What is that? Yeah, so home teaching is like they assign you specific families. So who assigns you? The bishop, Rick. Yeah. The bishop. So the people in charge. Yeah. So they assign so. families to visit other families. Yeah. To teach. Well, it's Apart just, from the three hours on Sunday... And then you have activities. Well, the men are the priesthood holders. So the men are the ones that get yeah. the home teaching assignments. And they get like another man companion that are yeah. assigned certain families. And then you have to visit those families once a month, essentially. So basically like, it's like a sales tactic where you bring donuts to like a bank because you want their business. <laughs> so you got to go back every month and be like, hey, these donuts are going to stop if you stop giving me business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the same concept. So the idea behind it, I can understand Yeah. the idea behind it originally, but what it turned into, in my opinion, was a check-the-box sales yeah. type thing like you talked about. And the church has realized that as well, and they've gone away from that home teaching and called it something different, which Because whenever they get, like whenever they get slack, they change things, right? Yeah. All they, they're like, okay, guys, Everybody's calling us Mormons, and like this got a bad name. And it's like, you remember what was that big, the big alarm company that had to change names like ten times because they Apex. got like, Apex, and then it turns into like and it was Apex, and then and it, it was, was Vivint. Vivint. It was so it's like ten before that. So we're shady. Now we're good. Now we're shady. <laughs> now we're good. So it's like the Mormons just like we're the Mormons. No, we're the LDS. Now we're, it's like they got to keep changing because you got to stay like relevant with the people, yeah. even though their whole message is God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. <laughs> He's never going to change. So, except yeah. for on this one. It's uh, like, what's that Steve Martin movie? And I don't need anything except for this paddle, and that's it. And that's church. all I need. <laughs> this like, paddle ball and this like chair. The church. the church is like, I'm not going to change one thing except for this <laughs> and just this one thing, and then that's all we're going to change. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of leads you down that path. So I started feeling like I wasn't going to be happy doing it. Yeah. And then I started, like, researching on my own because they always tell you not to read anything that's, like, not approved Ooh, by the church. You made the biggest the biggest mistake of your life looking yeah. for truth. I wasn't even looking for it. But you like, if you – but you're, you're discouraged to look at things that are yeah. anti-Mormon because it's going to derail you from the faith. Yeah. And instead of, like, you feeling like it's normal to research it – they make you feel like it's a sin, and everything you're looking at is a bunch of lies. Yeah. Everything's a lie, 
and it's not like it's like you're looking at this because the, this is all the devil yeah anything that doesn't say what we're saying is not truth it's lies yeah yeah i think that's the most frustrating thing is because you finally get to the point where it's like well i'm actually going to read what actually happened and yeah. like get other points of view rather than just listening to what's fed fed to me and I actually wasn't even really looking for it because you had told me about stuff that you'd read, but you never really pushed it on me. Yeah, I was pretty like respectful of everybody, huh? Yeah, because you were like, I don't really want you to have to go down the same road. Because I know how hard it was. Yeah. Oh. So I was kind of just more like, I'm fine just like doing it to do it. Yeah. Even I got to the point where I wasn't fine just doing it to do it anymore, and neither one of us, like I could see that it wasn't making Allie happy at all. And that's like... She but, was probably more unhappy in the church than I yeah, was just but, because of like all the social aspects and the responsibilities and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Not necessarily the teachings. But so I was going to say it's so hard to like, this is what's so difficult is like you, it's almost like the hugest blessing in your life that you had that one year, the one year between high school and mission where you got to feel life. Yeah. You got to like... Once you get that feeling, you're like, I'm not, why would I want anything other than this? Yeah. So then you're living a life for other people and for this religion and they're take, 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 taken from you. Yeah. And you're like, this isn't like I had this feeling that was different than this. Yeah. Like, why am I allowing myself to feel this way when there's better? Yeah. And just to be clear, like I say, like the, the year before my mission was like the best year because of like that open-mindedness and stuff yeah like obviously i've had really good years with Allie, and like my situation's like a lot better like a lot of good things have come from doing things the way that i was supposed to yeah but in a very closed-minded way but like you and said i lucked out but that but that's the thing like you said like it's like you go into this marriage and it's gonna be like a miracle if these marriages work out yeah. because you don't even you know, don't know each other about you don't know each other and you've never allowed yourselves to be who you really are. Yeah. So secretly you're growing into who you are, but they're growing into who they are, but then you have this like bond. Yeah. But you don't know any different because you didn't like experience real life dating. Yeah. And so now you're committed to this thing where you don't even like really realize what it is. Yeah. So to have that work out, that's very rare. Yeah. It's very so I, hard. Yeah, so I feel like I got really, really lucky in my yeah. situation. And I have a lot to be grateful for because of it, but I outgrew that religion for myself yeah and it's not because like i don't think it's good for some people like we talked about i think some people are actually happy i think our mom's it. like extremely happy in yeah it. i think there's there are people that are happy in it can you pass me that now but for me and for ali we were not happy and we both came to the conclusion like we sat down and but you like, could openly talk like you could talk to her about it all yeah. your concerns and that's what made it easier for me is like we were both on the same page through most of it yeah and so like i started reading stuff to find out like the actual um uh doctrine doctrinal yeah. side like if i it was really true and like the background of the church and how it started and all the things that happened in between the starting and to today and like all the stuff that i went on a mission and taught people to be baptized in this church and i knew nothing about the church yeah. i only knew what they told me and it was kind of frustrating because I was like, I've been teaching this and I've only been teaching a version that like was spoon fed to me. Like everybody I taught doesn't know like the full truth. And I was like, if you know the full truth and then you still decide to do it, that's fine. But like we should teach it yep. the way that it happened. Like not try to hide things. Yeah. Like, I remember one of the most. I just, oh, you remember what? The most, one of the most frustrating things is like we have the picture of Joseph Smith translating the Book of Mormon. 
by yeah. candlelight with a pen. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's not how it happened. He did like, it with his hat. If there's Mormons out there that don't know that, that that's not how it happened. hat with the stone with his face in the hat. It didn't happen that way. And there's so many more ridiculous things that have happened in the Bible and in the Book of Mormon that it's like, getting revelation from a stone inside of a hat <laughs> is not the craziest thing. I know. Thing. It's so not. If that's, that's what I always said. Like, why not if the story is like he translated it with an ego waffle, like <laughs> – he poured syrup all over the waffle, and then the waffle spelled out words. If that's how it happened, it happened. Yeah. So you tell it like it freaking happened. That's so why would you paint a picture like you just said? Golden plates, little feather pen, and there's little little glasses. Yeah. And then you they teach you like and then it's his hat is he's got a hat, there's a rock in the hat, and he puts his face, and yeah. that's how it's translated. And they didn't teach us like that. Yeah. Then you find it out, and it's like the same thing like in your marriage or a relationship where like you lose some trust. You're like that's weird. Why'd you do that? Yeah. Why'd you do that? <laughs> right? Yeah. So now, like, you, would you think like you could do that? But I'm not gonna want to know more about what you did. Like, why'd you do that? Yeah. Yep. Why'd you do that? So yeah, I think that the church gets like a free pass sometimes. So many times because Where? people are so loyal to that lifestyle. It's that yeah. culture. It's like they built this empire. If you're a Mormon and your business, you know how easy you can grow a business using your little like. Yeah. Mormon crew to People be like trust you as a Mormon you're a builder I sell solar let's work together yeah. where it's like I would rather work with real relationships where it takes me like a year two years to build this than move in and now I'm brother Griffith and so you send me business Yeah, like don't send me business send your neighbor business that's like a good guy that's working hard mm -hmm. just because I'm Mormon don't give me the business yeah so that's where I kind of saw it going is just like one thing led to another and it's like if this is the way it happened like why wasn't I taught this way especially if you're teaching me to go out and teach it yeah like tell me how to teach it correctly and if and if I learn it all correctly and I still want to believe in it then that's fine what well, do you think the people making the curriculum do you think they know the truth do you think they know things or like is it so convoluted that people are printing and talking and believing it to like the highest levels I think they were they did a really good job hiding it before the internet and social media. Yeah. You can't hide it anymore. And so you had like a few dominant people that yeah, just so lied. Probably the very high up people and maybe even and them. Then they like they, everybody. They might not even even known. Like yeah. it was so like suppressed like in history that like people just didn't care to research it or they just wanted to keep it like not a secret but just yeah. not, just not teach it exactly how it happened. So I started going down that, and I read the the letter. Um, that the CES letter? Yeah, that most people that have left the church have read. Um, I didn't leave because of that, but, I mean, there's a lot of information in there. Well, that that's – and that's the thing. Like, people think – so, like, you read the CES letter or you look at this thing, and there's, like, obviously, like, there's so many things where you're like, what? Yeah. And so and like, you're like that can't be true. Like, so no then way you go to you go research it on your own, and on then you, the church website, LDS.org, it has yeah. the but they hid the essays from everybody. Yeah, and they're really so hard like, to find even when you're looking for them. Yeah, so they they finally confessed everything. Where you're like, there's no way that's true, and they're like, yeah, like all this stuff's true. Joseph Smith, fourteen year olds happened. Yeah. Joseph Smith marrying like guys while they were away on their missions, marrying to their wife that happened. Yeah. And like all this stuff where it's just like. You, when you're in the culture, you just like you will dismiss anything. Like you'll dismiss it all because anything that could be like, 
questionable would change your whole lifestyle. Yeah. You'd lose everything. Your whole life was like, like you were saying at the beginning of this, like my life, if I was good in the church, everything else is going to work out. So yeah. people, it's like at the casino, you go up to the freaking table and you say, everything I own on red. And so like now that everything's on it, you just, there's no other choices. That's it. Yeah. Even if it's black, it could hit black. That's true. But it's like people, people just, put they put everything on red and that's it. Yeah. So even though there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, all the way up to whatever. And you get all the color choices and the, like you got all that. You just put everything on red and now your life is like, yeah. I will commit my soul to you because it brings this, this like yeah. this society. It's like a. That's the hardest part too is like people like our mom um, or like my in-laws like they're happy in it and they can't really see like another way to be happy and I understand where they're coming from because I used to think the same thing but it's like once you look at it from like an outsider perspective and you start really thinking like this doesn't make me happy so I want to like figure things out that's actually going to make me happy because I don't want to live my whole life like doing those same things just because I'm told to do it what was like the biggest like what did you want to like what was like what you what did you want to break away from like what did you not like and then like what could you see that you could have when you left like what was what was the benefits I guess so the worst part was feeling like the weekend ended Saturday night Mm. every Saturday growing up all the way until I was 31 years old when I decided to leave the church it's like Sunday was like the worst day of the week couldn't even like get myself to like wake up Sunday <laughs> and like be excited you about got, it you got three kids dude you're in your 20s and you got three kids you're like wrapping diapers on and you're throwing them in this car Just to so go bore the fuck out of them yeah so it was really hard and I think that just knowing that I could like make my own choice I don't have to do that because that yeah. doesn't bring me any joy like I got to the point where I was going to the church and I wouldn't get anything out of it like I wouldn't feel spiritually fed I would feel anxious I would feel like why did I just do that and Ali was feeling the same way and we have our callings and we were teaching stuff that we shouldn't have been teaching because neither one of us believed what we were even teaching these kids and it's just like why are we still doing this it's kind of like it's such a horrible feeling too once you realize that and then you still do it yeah because you're supposed to do it that's it yeah. So at that point, you don't believe it. You don't want to do it. There's no benefit to it, but you're just doing it for other people. Yeah. And so there's like, it's a huge dis, it's a huge disfavor to you, like for, to keep doing it to your soul. Yeah. But then now you're like putting somebody else's agenda and somebody else's thoughts into these kids through you, and you're like, I don't even want to be part of this anymore. And you're gonna make me like have callings and like do this stuff so I can stay worthy. Like, yeah. I'm trying to stay in this for you guys. Like. It'd be nice if I could, but it's like impossible. Yeah. So it basically just opens the doors to everything. Yeah. I know people that are moving because they don't want to be in a certain ward or people that have moved houses because they don't want a ward because they have it's geographical. So they basically have like street, 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 square. Yeah. This is the ward. So you go to a specific building because you live in a specific area. Yeah. And there's people that change their whole life, like where they live and everything just so they can get out of a specific area or they can give up certain callings. It's like, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Like I can do whatever I want. And 
I got into so many things that I didn't think about. Like I got into my job, which has been a really good job, but was it like my passion when I got into it? No, I got into it because I needed to pay the bills to support a family that I was going to have. Yeah. And so then it gets to the point as well. Like it's not only open your eyes to like what you can do outside of the church, but like what you can do potentially with your career in the future. Yeah. If you want to stay there or if you just want to do something completely different, you're not tied down. You don't have callings. You don't have a specific church building that you have to feel obligated to go to. Like you can go wherever you want. Yeah. And you can make a life wherever you want. And you can make like you can make friends with anybody. Everybody's now a potential friend. Yeah. And some of my best friends are still Mormon. Like that's what I'm saying. But like, so it's like your Mormon friends and your best Mormon friends are the ones you could be real with. Yeah. Like the ones you can talk to. Yeah. And And they respect me, and I respect them. Yeah. Like you can't like you can't have a relationship with somebody that like doesn't accept you for who you are so if you keep mormon friends that are okay with you who you are now like they're the same friends yeah so like mormon because mormon people to me are some of like the best people i've ever met yeah like me and justin our older brother we were talking about how like the people we like to associate with is almost like the ex-mormons yeah because they have the same upbringing and so it creates this like amazing like person but then it's like the church makes it weird and then all of us that leave we have this like very deep, awesome understanding of each other. Yeah. It's almost like if you had, it's almost like any like psychological thing where if you had like an alcoholic, you'd relate to other people. So they have like AA meetings. Yeah. So it's almost like ex Mormons have this like, it's almost like the same concept. Yeah. So but, yeah, I mean, it's not something where I look back at my years in the church and like I, I resent doing it. Like, there's some things that bother me, and, like, I really think my life would have been, like, completely different, but not necessarily different in a better way. Yeah. Because it's worked out pretty good the way that it's been. But now I feel like I have a lot more possibilities with my life going forward. And I'm still only 36. Yeah. So I have a long life to live. Isn't that cool, too, when you, like, restructure time in your head? Yeah. Because you were saying before, like, I got to get married and have kids, like, within this year type thing. Yeah. And then you're 36, and you're looking at it like have a whole future ahead of me yeah because now you have like an open mind again yeah so it's just like a freeing experience um i appreciate everything that i went through and everything that i learned like you said the values that you get taught when you're growing up in the church are really good values yeah i want to teach those same values to my kids but i feel like you can do it in a way other than the way that the church structures it yeah and i feel like both of us you know have done a pretty good job with raising our kids so far to be respectful loving kids they're great kids yep so far i mean we haven't got the teenage years yeah right yeah but i think going forward i'm excited about like the possibilities of where my life can go and not feeling like i'm following in any way's footsteps anymore but i really am looking forward to just creating my own that's what's cool because like I know you listen to like my podcast oh they can go past 30 I just don't have to do it so okay but like my podcast is all about like it's it's so fun it's so fun to see people when they start to like let themselves dream again because you see people like stuck in their life and they're just like there's like this one little thing missing for their like all their happiness to come back to them and some people, it's like a, dro- a job's blocking them. Sometimes it's like religion's blocking you. But like sometimes it's like religion, job, blah, blah, blah. Like you have like 10 things blocking you. Yeah. And so it's like how many things are you going to be dedicated enough to knock down for you to have like this like desire to live again? Yeah. 
And so for you now, because we've talked a lot, like you got an RV, so you guys did the RV thing last year. Yeah. But like Ryan's like very carefree, like plays guitar. Like he's got this like entertainer personality where like he's the guy that's always writing. Like I've been writing songs lately because I like enjoy it, but Ryan's like way more talented than me. He's actually like really good at guitar, sings really good. And like, I almost kind of saw him do it and saw it was like cool. So I was like, yes, we should like do this stuff together type thing. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think it's just, it's fun. It's fun to see you kind of like step, like when we do karaoke nights, that's one thing like, think about like if you're in the church and you don't get to go to a bar and do karaoke. Yeah. This There's so many best. things you limit yourself. And you don't even have to drink. You can go to karaoke sober. Yeah. And just like have the time of your life. Yeah. But it's like you just you don't allow yourself to like. But people don't live. do it. Like Mormons that I know of, like yeah. when I was in the church, I never ever did that. I know. It's like you could, but you don't. Because there'd be judgment. Yeah. Did so. you know Tyler was at a bar, yeah. and he's in the bishopric? Like, could you imagine bishopric member at a bar singing karaoke? Yeah. Yeah, there's just too many like outside expectations of you. But like, why he could do it? He could be the best bishop ever be at a bar singing karaoke and it'd be like yeah the best could be but, but it, yeah there's just so many expectations that they don't let themselves oh i'm so happy like i'm so happy that like all of us siblings are out <laughs> isn't it so nice though that we can all have like relationships yeah like do you know how many of the cousins that have reached out to me because of this podcast where they talk to me and they're like thank you for talking like i feel like i've always had these barriers like and i feel like this is helping minus all your f-words yeah your F words are not helping because, like, we, I'm like, I really said I apologize. <laughs> I, well, I've kind of said the same stuff. So. Everybody tells me, and then I just can't tell myself. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing to get like your experiences out there. Um, some people might relate to you more. Yeah. And the way that you've gone through things, and some people might relate more to me. Yep. Um, we've both like experienced a lot of the same stuff but we experience it in completely different ways yep. and different time frames. So, yeah, I think it's a good thing to at least have that excitement again. I'm because excited. me and Allie are actually trying to, like, figure out now together, like, a fun, what we want our awesome lives to plan. look like, like, five years from now. Which, and that's, like, what you actually want your lives yeah. to look like. Not, like, what the church or what like what would make you happy if i would stay in the church i'd probably just be completely content just doing what i'm supposed to do yeah staying in the same ward having the same callings having the same job forever yeah and it's just like you don't even think about it and you just go through the motions like i did that for so long and now it's like i don't have to do that anymore yeah like i've set myself up in a place where i can actually do other things with my life and that's like exciting to think about because you yeah. die inside when you're not doing what you want to do for yourself. Yeah. When you're trying to please others, you can't do that forever. So and sad. And be happy doing it. So I always talk about with like anxiety and depression medication and that stuff. It's like, because you're trying to cope with the fact that you're not doing what you love. Yeah. Like I feel like if anybody's doing what they love, they didn't wake up every day and they'd be excited. Like this podcast for me is that. Yeah. It's like, I love it. Like I love it. And so it's like, it gives me this like, desire to wake up and like help yeah and so to not do what you're passionate about and every day you wake up and you do like a stupid job you hate (laughs) and you go to a church you hate yeah and then what 
I go to the closet and I drink as much tequila as I can, <laughs> just to so know. I can try to be like, all right, let's go. I remember I go. I was in the bishopric. I was so I was the executive secretary, which is like I was the bishop's little bitch that he's like, do what I want you to do type uh-huh. thing. <laughs> so how's that guy? So, but I remember this is when I was like inactive but pretending to be active because I had to because everybody was going to be too upset so I would go like I drink Saturday and then I'd show up like totally hung over to bishopric meeting <laughs> yeah that's a good way to live just keep everything a secret from everybody I felt amazing like my head pounding yeah. <laughs> that's so sad it's so sad I so feel like bad. you do get to the point eventually, like, even if you're a good person and you mean well, like, you start getting to the point where you feel like you're living a separate life. Yep. Because I was not ever, like, bishopric material. And I always felt like I should have been. Yep. And it's like I had this, it's like you have your work personality, and then you have your actual personality, and then you have your church personality. That's why I did that schizo. And then I you remember to, I did the schizo episode? Yeah. That's why I did that. So you have to like separate all those, when yeah. really you can just be yourself. Yep. And have one personality, and <sighs> feed that personality with positivity, Yep. and actually grow it into something that's like a life that you... I just thought the best closing thing for this, okay? <laughs> Uh-huh. So if you're a listener, if you feel like, so pay attention to who you're with. So who are you with? Who are your friends? Like, who do you feel the most comfortable with? Like, who makes you the happiest? If it's somebody away from what you're supposed to be with, like, I swear to God, that's not the devil. Sometimes it's not the devil. Maybe it's because <laughs> these people are better for you. It's a better life. And so, like, if you feel like, this thing is like draining your soul pay attention to that and then pay attention to the things that like bring life into you and try to like shift the balance so you have more of what you love and less of what you hate yeah and most likely if you're draining your soul you're draining the other person's soul as well by being miserable yeah so yeah i think that's the biggest takeaway from my life is going from being a follower to creating my own path yeah, and I feel like that's the key to happiness. And I don't feel like I'm there yet. I feel like there's still a lot of work to do, but I'm actually taking steps and making changes. Yeah, uh, just like we've talked, I've just started waking up early because I'm listening to motivational stuff. I'm you know listening to books. You should I'm, do this with me and Eric. We're doing a 75 day challenge. Yeah, let's so give I mean, you I'm, one of these. Yeah, we can take a look at that. I don't know what that is yet. I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> But I'm making, I started it yesterday. <laughs> but I'm making changes. I'm actually doing stuff and trying to take like my life in my own hands. And it's not easy every day. And like some days I'm still like, why am I even doing this? But it's something I want to stick with so that I can actually find like happiness because I don't want to just do my life to do it. I want to yeah. actually like live my life to enjoy it. So. so yeah, I think that's a positive message. And I think like. I decided to make this more about like mental health, helping people. Yeah. And like, I just really want people to realize that like, if you feel depressed, if you feel stuck, like everybody I'm bringing on the show has felt that way. Yeah. And it's like, it's really hard. Like I was saying, you might have like five things you got to knock out the way to get to happiness because you've really messed your life up, but you did that to yourself. Like you have to take accountability and you have to fix your own life. 
If you don't fix it, like, I'm not going to fix it. You're going to listen to this thing. You're going to turn it off. And you're going to go eat your Big Mac and fries. And you're going to get a little bit fatter and a little bit more unhappy. A little bit fatter and a little bit sadder. A little bit fatter and a little bit sadder. A little bit fatter now. So don't do that. Anyway, I really, like, I just want you guys to, like, take these messages. Take them to heart. Like, honestly, we have no, like, ill will towards the church. Like, I love the Mormon church. I love, like... My family that's in the church, people that choose it, but like there are people that are struggling in the church. So my message is just to try to help those people struggling. And then check out Ryan's TikTok, Rise Guys. He's the he's got amazing he should have a bazillion followers. He has like thirty five thousand though. I have like a hundred and ten followers, I think. That's pretty good. I usually get one or two likes on all my TikToks. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But uh check him out. Yeah, a lot of hidden talents over there on TikTok. Yeah. I don't so. share on all my other social media <laughs> platforms because so. I don't really do those too much. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to check out like some cool, this guy's good at dancing and singing and everything. So, but thank you guys. Have a good weekend. See ya. Bye.